Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. You are listening to episode 1,843, and I am your host, Arsenius Jackson Colvin, coming to you live from South Carolina. I am so delighted to be able to speak to you tonight. I am so glad that those of you who have tuned in, have tuned in, whether you're listening by phone or listening online. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight we have some great things that we would like to share, but before we dive into what we're going to talk about, just want to share a little bit about me just in case this is your first time listening. So again, my name is Arthenius Jackson Colvin. I am with One Touch Transformation, which is my nonprofit organization, my baby, my ministry that I started almost 10 years ago, coming on my 10 years. Oh, I'm so excited about it. But One Touch Transformation, let me tell you a little bit about it because, you know, I'm just so grateful to be able to have such a ministry such as is nonprofit. But One Touch Transformation, also known as OTT, is a nonprofit organization where our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. So not only do we just focus on the actual abuse or the abuse itself and the statistics, um, we do like to educate people about it happening because we know that it's a topic that is not often discussed. But we also like to focus on the healing side of it because so many times we can hear about these things happening, but we don't hear enough of how God is allowing people to have their breakthrough, to be delivered, and to find true freedom. And so that's what happened with, you know, with me. I wanted to be able to share how God was able to deliver me from my pain in the past of childhood sexual abuse. I, I mean, I once was a victim, but God took me through my journey, and, you know, and he still continues to strengthen me even today. As a matter of fact, last month made 10 years that I finally spoke up about being abused. I shared with my family 10 years ago, sat down with them and let them know, like, look, I know you were not aware of this happening, but I shared my story with them, like, bravely, courageously, and afraid, of course, but I finally spoke up. I, I found my voice. I regained my power, and, and that's the story or the part of the story I like to share the most. It's, I don't like to focus too much on the abuse itself or, or even focus on the perpetrator because it's not about them and it's not about me, but it's about what God was able to do for me and what he continues to do through me just by sharing my story. And so I feel like it is so important for everyone who may have endured abuse or whatever you may have endured, whatever kind of hardships, whatever sickness, whatever you have endured, whenever God brings you through, share your story because someone needs to hear it. Someone needs to know that God is a deliverer. Someone needs to know that God is a provider, a way maker, that he can turn things around. And that's what he did for me. What the enemy meant for my bad, what he set me up to, what he, he thought he set me up to fail, but God saw fit to change it, and he turned it around for my good. I'm so, so often reminded of the story of Joseph, of how he endured so much pain. He endured abandonment and negligence from his own family, you know? The devil had meant it for evil, but God turned all of that around for his good. And so I always, I, I think about myself when I read the story of Joseph, like everything that I endured through my abuse, the pain, um, uh, this, the suicidal thoughts, just feeling like I was broken, being embarrassed, being ashamed, being afraid to even talk about it. I mean, because no one talked about sexual abuse. No one mentioned the words rape or molestation. It was like those were forbidden words or forbidden terms. But God brought me to a point where I was just unafraid to talk about it and say, yes, it happened to me. Yes, I was raped. Yes, I was molested. Yes, I was sexually abused. And I was able to talk about even the effects that it had on my life. I mean, I was affected mostly in my adulthood because I did not deal with it as a child. I did not face it as a child. I didn't even, I didn't even speak about it as a child. And so it wasn't until I became an adult and realized that 
I had reached a breaking point, and I just had to do something about it. And so I did seek counseling. I went to therapy sessions, and let me tell you, it helped. And I was still in church every weekend. So believers and Christians, whatever you want to call it, they can go to therapy as well. I don't have anything against anyone going to the counseling and therapy. It, it helped me. And so I, I encourage those of you who feel like you need to go that route, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to do so. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. But it means that you want to become better. You want to heal. And, and I'm just grateful for where I am today because if it weren't for God and if it weren't for my family and the support that I have from them and supporting friends, I would not be able to speak so boldly about it. I would not be able to share my story. As You know, it's, it's wonderful. It's awesome. And just knowing God and who he is, what he is capable of doing, and the things that he's even doing right now, I can't help but give him praise. Like, I bless him. I love him. And you know what? And God loves you, too. He loves you, too. Despite the things that we may have done, the things we may have said, the things that may have happened to us, I know it may have you feeling some type of way. But guess what? God still loves you. And if I don't believe anything else today, more than I ever have before. I used to hear the old saying that God gives his, you know, the worst battles or the biggest battles to the strongest people or something like that. And God knows it seems like that is continuing to happen even with me. <laughs> you know, it's like some of these things that, that go on, I, don't, I may not understand it, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day is for God's glory. And that's what I keep telling myself. Whatever I go through, whatever happens is for God's glory. And he certainly feels like I can uh, go through it, <laughs> but I know that he he will equip us to handle whatever it is. He he is already placed inside of us. We may not think that we are strong enough to to carry such things, and when these burdens, which we're we're not supposed to carry these burdens anyway, but <laughs> sometimes we choose to carry them, and we take so long before we hand it over to God because He told us to you know cast all our care on Him because he casts all everything and he'll because he cares for us. So sometimes we choose to carry these things when we don't have to, but with the cares of life when when things just hit us and 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 try to knock us down, we we know that God, he has equipped us to overcome whatever it is. He he has the final say so, he has all power. You know, he's our sovereign God and we know that he's not going to leave us. He's not just going to let us just fall down by the wayside and don't pick us up. But, no, he's not going to leave us there. He's going to pick us up every time. And so we have to continue to trust the process, trust the things that we go through, and know that, you know, God, he still loves us. Doesn't mean that we're not going to go through things. Doesn't mean that every day is going to be beautiful because it's not. We're going to experience some hard times. We're going to experience dark times. But we still have to trust God. And so my journey has been very rewarding. Um, it's, of course, not then it's not been a linear journey, but it's been, you know, up and down, and that's how it is when it, when it comes to healing. Um, everyone's journey is different. Everyone's story is different. There's no one story that I'd like to say is worse than the other or better than the other, but every story matters. Every story is important. It, it's your story. It's part of your journey. And so One Touch Transformation, like I said, is my baby. It's my ministry. And I love the fact that I was able to turn such a dark situation, took such a, you know, a cruel and injustice and so much more wrapped up in it and was still able to, you know, find a light at the end of the tunnel and still be able to use it for God's glory. That's at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So it's not about me. It's not about, you know, it's not even really, a, it, I mean, it, in a sense, it's about my story. So it's not about me, it's, it's about my story. And it's about the story bringing God, give, bringing God glory. So that's, that's my prayer that everything that I do, everything that I say, even every song that I sing, as it relates to my journey and what God has done, I just want him to get the glory out of it, everything. So um, the song where it says, in my life, yes, be glorified. Yes, God, in my life, be glorified. And everything that I do and everything that happens to me, that happens for me, that happens through me, 
be glorified. Be glorified because it's all about him. It always has been and it always will be. So kind of put self to the side. Forget about yourself. (laughs) Forget about what, you know, your accomplishments, what you have done, what you've been able to do, and just put it aside and put the focus all on Jesus because that's what it's all about. We are leading others to him through our life living, through our testimonies. We are spreading the good news, what God has done, spreading who he is. And so we want to continue to stay on our path that he has set for us and make sure that we're making it all about him, putting the focus on him, and just living our lives as he wants us to do. But that was just a little bit about, you know, One Touch Transformation, how it came about, and, you know, just the the beauty of the transformation of my life, which is why, you know, hence the name One Touch Transformation, the one touch that was meant for evil, but it turned around for my good. It transformed my entire life, and my mission is to help transform the life of others. Now, of course, the power or the authority to actually transform people's heart and minds because only God can do it, but I can share what God has done for me and hopes that their lives will be transformed as well. Amen. All right, so let's go ahead and get started because I can go on and on about what God has been doing, but there's a message and some encouragement that I would like to share tonight. All right, so I want to talk about blessings. I want to talk about blessings. Now, normally whenever we talk about blessings or we hear someone speaking of blessings, we may quite naturally think about the things that God has given us, the things he has done for us, which is cool, you know, because God does blesses us. He, he blesses us every morning that we're able to wake up. That's a blessing. Um, we have the use of our limbs. That's a blessing. We are in our right mind. That is a blessing. He protects us when we travel across the highways, you know, because there are crazy people out there driving, people who are not paying attention. That is a blessing. Whenever you can make it from point A to point B and back to point A, (laughs) that is a blessing. Uh, Most people have been posting about that saying it's an underrated blessing because to make it from your home to whether you're going to the store, going to your job, and to make it back home without any harm, that is a blessing, and as they say, an underrated blessing. We don't talk too much about it, but, you know, there are people who leave home and don't make it back. And so any time that we leave home, go to our destinations, and make it back home safely, that is certainly a blessing. I mean, it's a huge blessing when we think about it. Um, we have transportation. We have shelter. We have a home. We have a bed that we sleep in. That is a blessing. And we have a job. That is a blessing. So, yes, quite naturally, all of those things that I called out and even more, you know, God has healed a lot of people. He has touched bodies. He has touched minds. He has freed people, allowed them to have breakthrough. And all of those are blessings. The material things that he has allowed us to have, those are blessings. Because if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have them. But... Those aren't the blessings I want to focus on tonight. There are another set of blessings that I would like to focus on that too many people may not even think about or talk about. So we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 5, very familiar sermon, Matthew chapter 5. And I've gotten so, so used to reading, you know, naturally we read the King James Version, but it's so interesting whenever it is translated into the message. And I know some people may not agree with it, but a lot of times I like to read the King James Version and then switch it over to the message because sometimes it's broken down, you know, so plainly and and sometimes it's a little comical, but it gets the message across. And and I love how it does that. But, you know, I, I do use both versions, but... um. If you're not familiar with Matthew chapter 5, this this set of scriptures there are known as the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount. All right, and so at the top it says, you're blessed. 
So <laughs> how many times have we been in church? Just, I want you to just kind of visualize with me. Whenever um, we're sitting or standing and maybe during praise and worship or maybe the, uh, the preacher is up and they may ask the questions that um, you ought to lift your hands if you know that you're blessed or how many believe that you are blessed. And sometimes it may become kind of routine because, like, the things that I went, the list that I went through earlier, I was talking about the, the blessings that God does give us, whether it's every day or the things that he blesses us with sporadically or, you know, the things that come financially. But when we really think about the, the other blessings that are not talked about as often and we realize that, whoa, we really are blessed, it, it's kind of mind-blowing. And it makes you look at your spiritual life a little different. It makes you a little more thankful. It makes you have uh, more peace. And, you know, as I was reading through this, I was like, man, it was blessing me because we we are blessed and really don't realize how much we really are blessed until we start reading through these things and experiencing the things um, the Beatitudes are talking about. And so we're going to take a look at these. And so, like I said, it's, it has a title at the top that says, you're blessed. All right, so it says, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprentices to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. So we know that every time Jesus was speaking somewhere, he drew the crowds. Isn't that amazing? This man who, you know, there was no social media around, didn't have to do any marketing, any advertising, but when they heard that Jesus was coming through, they automatically wanted to be in his presence. They automatically wanted to listen to what he had to say, simply just because of who he was. Isn't that amazing? Like someone who didn't need anyone to advertise for him or to market his brand. Like Jesus didn't have to brand himself. No one had to brand. Like he was just himself. He was Jesus, the Messiah. And so wherever he went, the crowd followed. All right, and so it says um, they use the word those who were apprentices to him, but we know that he's, they're talking about his disciples because Jesus had his disciples that were following him. He was leading them, and he's teaching them how, you know, he does his, or lives out his life being the example because he already knew one day that he wasn't going to be there, even though the disciples didn't know it. But in a, in a way, he was kind of, you know, training them, teaching them, trying to show them, show them the ropes, like do as I do, do as I say, as I live. All right, so Jesus, he began to speak in front of this huge crowd. And so he saw how, how large the crowd was, so he knew he had to get a little higher. So, you know, he climbed up to the hillside, and his disciples, they, they, they call it the committed. Come on, yes. Not only were they following Jesus, they were disciples, but they were committed. And they, wherever he went, they followed. He climbed, they climbed. Why? Because they were committed. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. All right, so first he says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. And so I want to, like, Break these apart one by one, dissect them one by one. So you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Now, naturally, in our minds, we're like, how is that a blessing, being at the end of our rope? <laughs> you mean to tell me I'm supposed to look at this as a blessing when I felt like I've done all that I can do, that I've said that all I can say? I, it's like I give up in a sense. So you want me to feel blessed? when I'm about to give up. So you're blessed when you're at the end of the rope. Why is it a blessing? He says, with less of you, there is more of God. Less of you and more of God. Because we can only go but so far. We can only do but so much. We are limited. But we have a God who is limitless. We have a God who is able to, you know, meet us at the end of our rope. When we're at the end of our rope, we don't have any choice but to trust God. We have no other choice but to depend on God. And so while we're holding on to the end of the rope, I mean, who else are we going to depend on or lean on? We can't lean on ourselves because we're at the end. 
there, there's no other person down there. There's no clone of us. So it says, with less of you, there is more of God and his rule. If there's less than me, then, hey, I have no choice but to trust God. And so even when you're at the end of your rope, like you really have to put that in your mind, put that in your spirit, even though naturally we don't want to believe that. We do not want to believe that. Now, the King James Version, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is in the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit. All right, so what do you mean by poor in spirit? What does he mean by that? All right, so when you have, let's let's use an example. You got two different people, one who is, you know, self-righteous, full of pride, know they got it going on, don't need anybody. I got this, I got this. And so it's like, okay, you good. But then you have another who is like, okay, I always need God. I know it's not about me. I need more of God. It's like even though I have this spirit, I still long for more of him. You know, it's in songs it talks about how the deer panted for water, so shall my soul thirst after me. Like, we got to have a spirit that's always thirsty for God. Like, we can't be full. <laughs> you know, we always have to be thirsty. And so that's why I said blessed are the poor in spirit. You're blessed when you're always longing for more of him because you know you can't do it on your own, which is why in the message it says when you're at the end of your rope. Now, a person, a self-righteous person, full of pride, who's at the end of their rope, they're going to try and try and try to climb back on their rope the best as they can. Like, they're not going to acknowledge the fact that they can't do it. <laughs> they will almost kill themselves before they acknowledge that they need some help. But we have to be poor in spirit, always, always longing for God. And that's the blessing because you can never have enough of them. You can never have enough of God. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. But we can never have enough of him. The blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With the less of you, there is more of God and his rule. All right, the second one says, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. So when we feel like that, we've lost that one thing, whether it's, you know, whether it's a person or whether it's something else, when we feel like that we've lost the most dear thing to us, the closest thing to us, only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you, which is God. So even in those times when we lose loved ones, when friends walk away, when relationships fail, when we feel like, that was the only thing that was keeping me, you know, alive or, or keeping me going, that's when God will step in and show you, like, look, I'm the one who truly matters. I'm the one that truly matters. And whether it is, like like I said, the death of a, of a loved one, the death of a friend, the death of a, of a relationship, the death of a friendship, God will comfort you, which is why in the King James Version says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. We, we may mourn over a lot of things things that mean so much to us, things that we feel like we just need, that we can't live without. But guess what? Even after it's gone, and Jesus knows that it hurts us. He knows that, we will, that we'll cry about it, but he will comfort us. So that's why he says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So we, you know, it's a blessing to know that. So even though it hurts, even though we will cry, even though it's painful, God still comforts like no one else, like nothing else. He's the only, you know, the real comforter. Next one says, you're blessed when you're content, which is who you are. No more, no less. Oh, that right there. So many people are not content with who they are. They are trying to be someone else or something else that they're not. 
something and someone that God did not even intend you to be. But he says you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you so unique. He didn't, he didn't clone you. He didn't make you to be like anyone else. He didn't make you to do anything. It's no more, no less. But we get so dissatisfied, and and we try to look like the people who we see that are being praised and the ones that are, you know, somewhat setting the standard of the looks and the trends and everything. And so he said, you're blessed when you're content, which is who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. There are things that just cannot be bought. Attitudes, personalities, being, you know, satisfied with who you are, your confidence, that can't be bought. People may try to emulate what they see, but <laughs> they're not going to, uh-uh, it's not going to be the same because God didn't create them like that. He didn't create it like that. And so in the King James Version, says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, the earth. Be content with who you are, what you have. Don't try to put on a show. Don't try to be bigger than what you are, because sooner or later, you're gonna, people are going to find out the real truth. People are going to find out who you really are. They're going to find out that you've been pretending or been faking it. Yes, I understand the other part, you fake it until you make it, but that doesn't mean you become someone or something that you're not. That is not who God created you to be. So why are you trying to change things up? Why are you trying to emulate what you see or what you feel like is uh, the standard or what you feel like you're supposed to look like, what you're supposed to have? We are all, We are so different. We do not even, we don't look alike, we don't sound alike, we don't talk alike, we don't walk alike. We're just different. And that's the beauty about, you know, all of us, that no one is the same as the next person. Even twins are different. They may look alike, and and then not all twins even look alike. But God has uniquely created us, and we come from the master, like we are a masterpiece. So be content in who you are. Don't change for anyone. Right? And if, you, if you're if you surrounded by people who feel like you need to change, then you need to change your surroundings. Be content in who you are. Your personality is what makes you you. Your confidence in, in being who you are is what makes you you. Don't allow anyone or anything to change that about you. Having that positive attitude, being that light, being that, you know, the beacon of hope, what people are looking for. Like, be you. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Like, your personality, the respect that you show towards mankind, the love that you show, man, it will take you a long way. It will take you places where money can't. And I'm a witness to that. I used to hear that all the time when I was younger. Like, respect will take you a long way. Your love, like genuine love that you show, that will take you to different places. Your personality, you may not even have the degree. You may not have the certification. You might not have – your education might not be as high as others. But guess what? You can still be you. No one has to know about that. No one's not going to focus on that. They're going to focus on who you are, your attitude, your meekness, your love, your personality, your confidence. And I'm telling you, it would take you to different places where people will, will probably thought you shouldn't have been or where they feel like you don't belong. But uh-uh, remain meek, remain content. And I'm telling you, it will open doors. <laughs> it will open doors. I promise you it will. So be content in who you are. Don't change for anyone, man, woman, family, friends. Don't change. If you know that God did not intend for you to be a certain way, then don't change. And even as believers, we got to make sure that we don't change trying to fit in, you know? we got to, you know, stay, be stern on what we believe in and, and not change, but remain meek. 
All right, next one says you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. So what's your appetite like when it comes to God? What's your appetite like? Got a little appetite, big appetite? <laughs> Excuse me, but you're blessed when you worked up a good appetite. Now, when we have a good appetite, that means we can eat. Like, I'm ready to eat. I don't worked up a good appetite, especially after I don't worked out at the gym. I don't burn all these calories. I don't burn this fat. I don't burn some carbs. And now I'm ready to eat. <laughs> and the King James Version says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you long for righteousness, if you long for God, then you will you will want to live right. You want to do right. But you got to have the appetite for them. So a lot of times when people aren't doing right, it's because they don't have the appetite for them. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. We we take in a lot of things throughout the day, but how much of God do we really take in? And I'm guilty of it as well. So, hey, I'm preaching to the choir. We could spend hours and hours watching Netflix movies and and um, series, but why we don't do God like that? <laughs> you know, it's something to think about. And, you know, it's something that we can all kind of reflect on, do a self-evaluation, like, why we don't do God like that? Why we don't binge read? I, and like I said, I'm being honest and I'm being transparent. Why we don't binge read the words um, or binge devotionals, you know, things like that? We read books, but... Why do we don't do God like this? And then let's not talk about church. <laughs> let's not even talk about church because you have some people who are just like, man, y'all stay in church too long. What do you mean? <laughs> people don't want to stay in church long, like two hours. Come on. I, I've been to a basketball game. I've been to a football game. And you're hyped the entire time from the time you step out of the car walking to the, you know, to the stadium. Outside of the stadium, you're lit. Walking into the stadium, you're lit. During the game, you're lit. After the game, you're still lit. But then when it's time to go to church, dragging. Can't make it on time. (laughs) Dragging. You might stand up for praise and worship. You might clap your hands. You might wave your hand. You might open your mouth. And then the poor praise and worship leader's got to keep, I ain't going to say forcing you because I am a worship leader, but then the worship leader's got to keep saying, okay, clap your hands, sing with us, lift your hands. I mean, sometimes it's a struggle. (laughs) It is a struggle. But people just don't have an appetite for God. And so he said, blessed are they that which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. So if, and we know righteousness are obeying God's command. His commandments are righteousness. And so people just don't have an appetite to do right. I mean, it is what it is. We have an appetite for so many other things except righteousness. But if we do hunger and thirst after righteousness, he said we will be filled. His spirit is what fills us, the fruit of the spirit. I mean, look how much, look what we can get filled up on and get full, you know. Whenever we have a good appetite, we are eating so that, you know, some people eat to get full, <laughs> which is what you're not supposed to do. And then you have some people who eat until they're, you know, content. But so when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you said you will be filled you will be filled. And when we're talking about, you know, the, the fruit of the spirit, look what, look what comes along with it. I mean, you got love, joy, you got peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, uh, self-control, like all of that. But you gotta, you got to have an appetite for it. You gotta have an appetite for it. So don't lose your appetite. If and and also what comes to mind, like how do we build now? Because you have some people who 
who lose their appetite, whether it's from stress, whether it's from sickness. And I don't know, maybe because of the things that are going on in this world, because there is a lot going on. Like, I understand there is a whole lot going on. And so when things go on and go wrong in our lives, sometimes we lose our appetite. We start stressing. And so we can't allow the cares of this world to take away our appetite for righteousness because at the end of the day, we're living for God. And if we want to live for him eternally, we still got to do right. We still got to do right. Um, Next one says, you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. I like how they worded that. So you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, F-U-L-L, you find yourself cared for. It's kind of like give and receive kind of thing. So the more you do it, the more you receive. It's, it's reciprocated back to you. So a person who is giving, they're going to give it back. They're going to be blessed. And in King James Version, it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So in this case, in this version, if you show mercy towards others, others will show mercy towards you. But we don't like to show mercy, or either we have we pick and choose who we show mercy towards. Hmm. But it, he said, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." And can you can't you imagine Jesus saying this on the mount, like in his calm voice? Like what I've been understanding, and as I've been reading more um, in this in the New Testament, as far as when the disciples were following him, one thing that I've come to understand is like when Jesus taught or preached, it it was just so calm and it, and easy to understand. He made it plain and he just, I don't know. It, I don't know if people would be, <laughs> if too many church folk would be able to accept someone preaching like that, you know, because so many people are so used to the, the hooping and the hollering and being able to sing with it and, you know, but... Jesus was just very simple. Like he he spoke simple, simple terms. And he said, blessed are the, uh, I'm sorry, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Hey, show mercy, and you'll have mercy shown towards you, plain and simple. But we can't pick and choose who we want to show mercy towards because, you know, God shows us mercy. His mercy is renewed every morning. So who are we to pick and choose who we want to show mercy towards? (laughs) All right, we're, I'm trying to hurry it through because I know we, I want to get through all of it tonight, but we're moving on, moving on. All right, so it says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. So we know that we are living in this world, but we're not of this world. So we are going to experience, you know, a few things that are going on in the world, but we have to make sure that our mind and our heart is not being overtaken by the world, the things in it. We gotta make sure that we're always focused on the, the, the spiritual things. Mind the things of the spirit. Um, because we know that everything in this world is is, car- is carnal. And we gotta make sure that our heart and our mind is right. Because once our heart and our mind is right, then we can still see God in this outside world. We can live in this world and we can live godly. So don't feel like just because so much is going on and spiritual, because we got to live in this world, but our heart and mind is not of this world. We know who we are. We know who God is, and we know who he has called us to be. And so, look, we still have a mission that we have to fulfill, even in this world. Like, this world is full of darkness. It's full of evil. It's full of so many, you know, so many things that can lead us wrong, because Satan is in this world. He's the God of this world. So that's why we got to make sure our heart and mind is not caught up in this world. We got to make sure that it's right so that we're able to overcome the things that are going on in this world. So King James Version, it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So in order for our heart and our mind to be right, it's got to be pure. As David cried out, creating me a clean heart. You want a clean heart and renew a right spirit. 
so that I, I want to see God in the end. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. before I die, before I leave this world or before he returns, I want to make sure that I, I keep a pure heart, that I, I keep a repentant heart, always asking for forgiveness, always asking God to, you know, create in me a clean heart and everything that I do because I know living in this world, the world can overtake you. And don't be so spiritual that you don't think it, ha- it can happen to you. As strong as a believer that you are, you just never know. Satan is very cunning. He is cunning. And so we are not immune to his devices. Yes, we're, we, we shouldn't be ignorant to his devices because we know that he's using all kinds of tactics to try to, to, try to um, sway us. But, no, we can't be ignorant to what he's doing. So that's why we always have to have a pure heart because anytime we slip, hey, Satan is right there waiting for us to slip. He's waiting. So make sure you have a pure heart, a pure mind, always, especially while living in this world, because this world, it is a scary place. It's a scary place, but, you know, we got to live here. We got to live here until Christ returns. All right, moving on. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Are you showing people how to cooperate, or are you showing people that you're all about competition and you're going to fight your way to get there no matter what? (laughs) Which one are you? So we want to make sure that we're showing people that, like, as, as believers, that we know how to cooperate. We know how to work together. We know how to agree to disagree. We are not going to agree with everyone. We're not going to agree with every believer. And we're definitely not going to agree with everything the non-believer um, believes, you know. But are we going to fight them? No. Are we going to compete with them? No. <laughs> you know, what I'm going to do, do is what God instructed me to do. I can cooperate with you. I can still love you, but doesn't mean that I have to believe the same way that you do. I mean, I'm serious. We're, I'm not here to fight with you. I'm not here to compete with you. You believe what you believe. Hey, you live your life the way that you want to live. I'm just here. Hey, I'm trying to cooperate with you just to being a disciple, being a follower of God. Hey, but look, (laughs) not here to bring any kind of confrontation. King James Version says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The children of God. Children know how to cooperate better than adults. I'm just going to say it. They... (laughs) They most of the time they can get along more than adults can, and that's just natural. That has that's not even spiritual related. That's just naturally because children will argue, fight with one another, and then next day they're friends. I, as a teacher, I see this all the time, and it confuses me. It confuses me how I see these these students. They're fussing with one another one week, the next week they're like best friends, playing each other's hat. Like what? I don't understand your relationship. That's what I told him. But okay. <laughs> but okay. But he said, bless are the peacemakers. So we've got to be peacemakers and not just oh, always wanting to fight, always just having just an ugly attitude and just I, I don't understand church people and, and some of these Christians, like mean Christians. I, I don't get it. But he said, be a peacemaker, and you'll be called the children of God. Children of God. Be a peacemaker, not a, not a oh, gosh, not a fighter. Definitely not a fighter. <laughs> Next, it says, you're, uh, you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes, ooh, persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. So that lets us know we're going to be persecuted can't escape it, but we, you know, we can't be be afraid of the um, persecution, and he still tells us, like, there's a blessing to even being persecuted. King James Version says, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. I'm sorry, I read the early one. Um, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So, again, people are going to talk about you. They're going to persecute you. They're going to say they're going to say ugly things about you. 
They're going to say evil things about you. They might even, yeah, say against you falsely. They're going to lie on you. All because you're living for God. But he said, hey, great is your reward in heaven. There's a reward for you standing up for me. I'm going to stand up for you. So rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. Hey, they persecuted me. They persecuted the prophets. So nine times out of ten, they're going to persecute you. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because you have a reward in heaven. That's great. And he says, be exceeding glad. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. And so sometimes, it, it again, naturally it's like, how can I be excited? How can I be happy about someone lying on me in hell because I believe in God? Let them lie. Let them pick. Let them tease. Because guess what? You have a greater reward in heaven. Like, God gets excited about these things when people, you know, tease tease you or mess with his children. Like, okay, keep on talking, keep on teasing, keep on lying. That's all right because I have something special for them. I have something great for them. And so that's why we can rejoice and be glad, be exceeding glad, like overly excited because we're suffering, we're being persecuted for something great. So those are the blessings that, you know, we may need to focus on a little bit more. And, you know, I I know it's not the normal blessings. I'm sorry if you were expecting to hear about houses and and a new car and all this and that. We we hear enough of that, (laughs) if I'm being honest. But let's focus on these blessings or what is known as the Beatitudes. And this is what Jesus had spoke to the crowd while his disciples were with him. Like I said, he was leading the way, showing them what he wanted them to do, essentially. Because remember, he he was only with them for a little while, and even though they were not expecting the sacrifice to happen, Jesus already knew that he was going to be the sacrifice, and so he had to get them prepared. And so as today, we have to make sure that we are, you know, prepared at all times. Make sure that we are always following the spirit of Christ so that we can receive these blessings and we won't feel so so confused or feel let down or feel forsaken because Jesus left his spirit here for us. It's a comforter. It, it leads us. It directs us. It helps us discern the evil things that are not of him. And so it's... If you do not have his spirit, if you do not have Christ in your life, I'm inviting you to accept him tonight. I'm inviting you to accept his Holy Spirit so that you may have an appetite and that you might hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the only way that you can have righteousness and the only way that you can live right and follow his commands and and follow out the Great Commission is by having the spirit of Christ. Because Jesus died for our sins so that we might be saved. He is a forgiving God. He forgives. He tells us all we have to do is confess. Confess with our mouth and believe that Jesus died and he rose again. Repent of all of your wrongdoings. Now is the time while you are still living, while there is still breath in your body, while you still have a chance. Tonight you can receive his Holy Spirit. He has not forgotten about you. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. And there is nothing that you can do to separate you from his love. His love, it it never fails. It never runs out. And so tonight, I invite you to pray with me and receive his Holy Spirit. Father, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. 
take control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps every day by your power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right. God, we ask that you cleanse me from all my sins, all of my unrighteousness, and make me pure and white as snow. Father, we believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross and to save us. And we believe that he rose again with all power in his hand. And that same power still works today. And Father, I ask that you increase our appetite for righteousness. I ask that you increase our appetite for your word. Increase our appetite for more of you in the name of Jesus. Father, wherever we may be lacking, God, we ask that you fill us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your joy, your peace, your long-suffering, your gentleness, your meekness, your, your faith, your patience. Fill us with the, the fruit of the Spirit so that we may be strengthened on this journey. And, Father, we ask that you help us to acknowledge the blessings that you spoke on the mount. Help us to realize and to recognize how blessed we really are. Help us to walk in those blessings. Help us to live out those blessings. So when the time comes, that we'll be able to rejoice. Because we know that we have a great reward in heaven. God, we know that what you have for us is so much better than what we're experiencing even right now. God, we pray for those who are suffering, those who are sick, those who may be diagnosed with any disease. God, we still believe that you are all-powerful, that you are still healing. We pray. We believe that your blood still works. You said with your stripes we are healed. So, God, I speak healing to anyone who may be suffering under the sound of my voice, anyone who needs a healing, anyone who needs a miracle, anyone who needs a breakthrough. God, I pray it tonight that it will take place, that healing will take place, deliverance will take place, a miracle will take place, a breakthrough will take place. God, someone is waiting for you to turn things around in their life. God, I ask that you turn it around only like you can. God, I pray for those who are in our in the offices and in authority, those who sit in those high places making those decisions that affect your people. God, we pray that you direct them and help us, oh God. Strengthen us, oh God, from day to day. So much is going on, God. The mass shootings, those who are suffering from the, the loss of loved ones, God, I pray that you comfort. You said, blessed are they who mourn. They will be comforted. So, God, I ask that you comfort in the name of Jesus only like you can. God, we can't do it, but we know that you can. God, help us to realize that when we are at the end of our rope, that we can only trust you, that we can only depend on you. Help us to depend on you first. Help us to trust you first and not try anything else but help us to try you first. Lord, we ask you to touch every family, every man, woman, boy, and girl, those who are still seeking salvation, those who still don't know you. Father, I pray that they accept you before it's too late. God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We honor you. And we love you because you first loved us. It was nothing that we could have done, none of our goodness, but because of your grace and your mercy. And for that, we tell you thank you. Father, we'll forever give your name all the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, at this time, we're going to have our announcements for Purpose Kingdom Network. Yes, real quickly, I'll go ahead and do the announcements. This is the Project Purpose Kim Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us via phone or listen to us on the Internet, 
We greatly appreciate your listenership and your support. And we also thank those that share with your friends and family members that let, uh, let them know that Purpose Cam Network is on the air. <clears throat> Anytime we do a live broadcast, we broadcast live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. And if you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you just press the number one, and we'll get you in as quickly as we can. If you want to correspond with us via email, you can correspond with us at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com, where you can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We gladly honor that. Uh, and if you're in need of a Bible, leave your contact information, and we'll see about uh, sending you a Bible. All right. We also invite you to like our Facebook page, which is uh, Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we do make major announcements on the social media pages as well as others. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle Purpose underscore Kingdom. We do have a radio network, which is PKN.com, which has 24 hours of music of inspiration. So please check it out. Okay, and tomorrow evening, at the 9 p.m. hour, guys, one guys busting, we'll have another rebroadcast of Purpose Kingdom Network. So uh, please uh, check it out. It's going to be good. So uh, once again, with guys, one guys busting, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for a rebroadcast of Purpose Kingdom Network. Okay. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and we're going to turn the show back over to Minister Colvin. All right. Thank you for those announcements, Brother Rob. Um, I would like to take this moment to thank all the listeners for tuning in, whether you did listen online or by phone. I appreciate you tuning in, taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, I would like to, again, let you know about One Touch Transformation, just in case you missed it in the beginning. It is a nonprofit organization where our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. So for more information about One Touch Transformation, you can look us up on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under One Touch Transformation. For more information about me and my story, you can find me as well on all the social media platforms under Arthenius Jackson Colvin. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'd love to connect with you. And again, thank you for tuning in. And just to sum everything up from tonight, I, I really hope that you t- that you will take everything that we talked about as, as concerning blessings and, and, and really focus on the blessing of, you know, those beatitudes. And, uh, and, of course, we thank God for the blessings that he does for us every day. You know, like I said, just waking up every morning, it is a blessing, and that is something to be grateful for and to really acknowledge. So we do acknowledge the blessings that he does give us, um, certainly the ones that we get on a daily basis and everything that he blesses us with, whether it's financially, whether it's material-wise, all those things, they're great. They're fine. They're dandy. But when we're talking about those blessings in, in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, he talks about how you really will be blessed, like you really will be blessed if you take all of these things into consideration. And when you think about it, it, it all boils down to just, Having, I guess, longing for more of God, because when you have God, then you pretty much can do all these things, what he talked about. I mean, when you really think about it, when you have God and his spirit, his spirit allows you to experience these blessings, like for real, because it's going to take the spirit of God to to experience these blessings. When we talk about poor in spirit, you want to be poor in spirit, you want to make sure that we're always longing for God. You want to make sure that we are... Make, putting him first in everything that we do and not putting anyone or anything else above him, spending time with him so that we can find comfort in him whenever things do happen, um, being meek, being content, um, being hungry and thirsty for righteousness, just do right. That way you'll always be filled with the spirit, um, being merciful, pure in heart, and realizing that things are going to go wrong. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be talked about. But guess what? It's still a blessing because anything that you're suffering for his sake, it's a blessing. You you will be rewarded. And not necessarily um, rewarded after death. I'm not even – I mean, of course we want to be rewarded after death, but think about even now. There are things that will happen now, and, you know, God will look out for you. So 
just keep all of this in mind. Hope you're able to feast off of this for the rest of the week. And, again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful night and a wonderful rest of the week. All right. I love you. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.